0: In order to be great at something, I don't care what it is, you have to sacrifice things along the way. That's how it works. You can't just wake up, roll over, next thing you know you're just great at everything you do. Now, there are some people that are better than others, but in order to be great, in order to be one of the best, you have to sacrifice. And whether that's a doctor, or a lawyer, or hell, even a fantasy football podcast, it takes time, it takes research, it takes effort, it takes dedication. You literally just can't roll over and all of a sudden you're just great at it. No matter what that is, you have to give up video games, you have to give up socializing, you have to give up late nights from time to time. There's certain sacrifices you have to make. And honestly, with NFL teams, you're pretty much talking about the same exact thing. Certain teams have certain philosophies and in order to make it up to the top, right? in order to make the very tippy top, you can't be great at everything. You have to focus on one thing and be better than everybody else at whatever that is. We talk about the offensive lines and how the Hogs allowed the Redskins to get the Super Bowl. We talked about the... Ravens defense, right? Back in the day. And how that drove them to so many Super Bowls. You talked about the New England Patriots back in 2007. Unfortunately, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they set record passing numbers. Hell, we'll just go with the Denver Broncos. We all know
1: they did back a few years ago. However, you don't
0: look back and you don't say they were great at running the ball, right? You don't look back and you say... Man, those Baltimore Ravens wanted to make it to the Super Bowl. Boy, did you see that passing offense with Trent Dilfer? Man, was he hot, right? Woo, straight fire. Straight fire. Look at Trent Dilfer firing all over the field, right? Oh, man. No, it just doesn't happen that way. All right, you have to sacrifice certain aspects, like the 49ers this past year. No, they weren't the fastest secondary, but they, they were more physical, right? They play better zone coverage. You weren't the fastest. You had to sacrifice speed in order for physicality. If we sit there and we look at the Ravens, man, were they great at running the ball? But huh, they did not have an alpha receiver. You just can't expect that to happen. And right now with Green Bay, that's all that everybody's talking about. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But Green Bay is sacrificing the wide receiver positions and the passing game as a whole to become more dominant as a running team. Who's surprised about that?
1: Running teams have taken the league by storm.
0: Everybody's sitting there. They're getting lighter in the secondary. They're getting faster in the secondary. Meanwhile, teams like the Titans, teams like the 49ers, teams like the Ravens, they're taking full-on advantage of this. Everybody's sitting there scared shitless, shitless, about these passing offenses coming out and just going ham on them. And it's understandable. Teams are doing it. Teams are airing the ball out. Scoring 50 points on teams. You can understand it. But look at what the Green Bay Packers are looking at. You were talking about Matt LaFleur.
1: Matt LaFleur. Are you really that
0: surprised that Matt LaFleur is building a run-heavy offense? He was the coach with the Falcons in 2015 and 2016. Guess what? He oversaw Freeman being the number one and number six overall ranked running back. The Rams in 2017, guess who was the number one running back that year? Todd Gurley. The Titans in 2018, they stopped pussyfooting around, got down to business, gave Derrick Henry the rock, and from weeks 14 through 17, he finished out as the number one overall ranked running back, at least in fantasy standards.
1: And then last year, guess what? He came in took over the Green Bay offense, and guess who's the number two? Number two running back, only behind Christian McCaffrey. That's right,
0: Aaron fucking Jones. Why would you think? Why would you think Matt LaForeau would ever, ever focus on a wide receiver position when he already has draft capital invested in the wide receiver position? It makes no sense to me why everybody's making such a big deal out of it. There's no, it doesn't make any sense. Outside of Cooper Cup, he has never had an overly productive wide receiver too. Never. He's never overseen one. Why would that change now? Listen, he has his number one guy. He has Devontae Adams. He understands how the NFL operates. As long as you have your number one guy, you just distribute it to as many targets as possible across the board. As many different receivers as you can across the board. They don't know how to
1: defend it. Meanwhile, you keep your quarterback healthy, you keep him safe, takes less hits, and you just pound the rock
0: away on these dime a dozen running backs. Why would that change now? He's a running coach who wants to preserve his quarterback. He's technically a quarterback coach, but he knows what it takes to get efficiency out of the quarterback position. He drafted three interior offensive linemen in this draft. Three. He drafted a tight end that is known for run blocking. Then, on top of that, of course, he got A.J. Dillon in the second round, a massive physical specimen who is going to run over, run over those defensive backs that weigh 200 pounds. He's 50 pounds heavier. Get him to the second level with blocking and watch him work. It might not happen this year, but hey, it's going to happen. And he knows. What he is sacrificing. He is sacrificing the wide receiver position on his offense to develop the offense that he wants. That run-heavy, motherfucking, pull him over offense. It only makes sense. I don't understand why people don't get that. These experts that are paid millions and millions of dollars, are they just catering to fans? Are they just telling them what they want to hear? Oh, I don't understand why he didn't draft a, a wide receiver to help him. You guys already know it takes two to three years to develop a rookie wide receiver, especially if you take them late in the first round, which they should not have even had that grade in the first place. Hell, I didn't even think Jalen Rager and
1: Brandon Ayuk belonged in the first round. There were a
0: total of four running backs that should have gone in the first round. And that's it. And I'm going to stick to that. I'm going to stick to that 100%. I was laughing
1: my ass off when I heard that the
0: Green Bay Packers are going to go out and draft a wide receiver. I said the only way that would actually happen is if Justin Jefferson fell to them. That's the only chance in hell that it would happen. These teams are too smart with their analytics, man. They're way too smart, and they know that they have to sacrifice certain areas in order to excel in areas where other teams are weak at. That's the running back position, baby. I love the pick. Absolutely love it. But like I said, people make sacrifices. And for me, mine is sitting here doing hours and hours of research on this podcast. Every single week I put this stuff together for you guys. Guess what? I'm working on rankings. I'm working on unconventional rankings because everybody else has the same exact story. They don't want to upset people. They don't want to hurt people's feelings. Right? God. You don't want to hear that Austin Eckler isn't going to get all the touches and his value might actually fall outside of the first round, maybe even the third round. You know? They don't want to get their feelings hurt, man. I don't have that effect. I was sitting there talking to my neighbor the other day and he's like, hey, yeah, dude, you know that chick that's out there hanging up? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I know her. She's actually pretty nuts. It's like she has some, some daddy issues, stuff like that. He goes, it's like, dude, like, she sounds like she has a lot of issues, man. She should probably be
1: easier on her. I was like, I don't have that bone in my body. I tell people how it is. That's how I was raised.
0: That's how I've gone through life. Things happen. Get over it. Listen, I know. I know that you can always use a, help, a helping
1: hand from your friends. Don't get me wrong. But times get tough. Things are hard. I don't have that bone in my body.
0: That's why I continue to grind out to produce a business out of thin air that does not exist that I've never done before, just like this podcast. So, hey, if you guys want to be friends of the podcast, right, if you guys really want to help out, I appreciate every last penny. I appreciate every last share that you guys do. I appreciate every last like. Do I expect you guys to do it? No. don't expect you to sit there and join patreon but do i make sure that it's worth it for you guys that 50 cents a week i fucking hope so i hope that what i produce for you guys on patreon is worth it and when i produce rankings i don't sit there and take your feelings into account all right i'm gonna give you the actual rankings black and white baby No gray area. And I'm going to do this for you guys throughout the season. I'm not going to sit there and share it among the public. It's only going to go to the people that are helping me. Helping me get this business off the ground. Patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. Once again, that's patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. Go on there. I'm going to be putting out some rankings here very, very shortly. And I'm going to keep them updated. And it's going to be for you guys only that are in there on Patreon. Listen, starting a business from scratch is not easy. It is pretty much almost impossible. What is it, one out of every, I think, 13 businesses actually make it? Yeah, it's insane. The only chance that you have at making it is if people get behind you and people support you. And I'm hoping that I'm doing enough for you guys, doing enough research, diving into this shit, giving you guys as much assistance as I possibly can in order to make it worth it for you guys to back me up, to help me out, to get this baby lifted off the ground. I've done it before. I'm going to do it again. I had six companies, 383 employees, and I sold it off back, God, close to eight years now, eight years ago now. And I'm going to do it again with this one. But I need your support. I need your help. So if I'm doing a good enough job, go on to patreon.com slash fantasy intervention and show your support. Let's get this episode kicked the fuck off. I'm ready for tonight. I'm ready to fucking rock and roll. I'm fucking pumped up. I'm going to say fuck as many times as I want. I don't care what people advise me to do. Don't care. Hey, I'll learn from you, but I'm going to throw my own twist on this shit. So let's get this shit started. A team that I love making sacrifices right now. All right. Denver. Denver is flat out crushing it, crushing it right now for fantasy football. Let me tell you why. Cortland Sutton, you guys have heard me talk about it. He's not going to reach the peak that I hoped he was going to reach. He's not going to do it. But is he still worth it in fantasy? Hell yes. Buy him up. Buy Cortland Sutton if you can. Don't overpay. Like I was advising before the draft, unfortunately, if you guys did, I apologize. You still got your money's worth. You will still get your money's worth. He's only 23 years old. He's only 23. This offense should be prolific within the next three years. He's still going to maintain the value that he already has. Don't worry about that. My favorite thing that they did was they didn't significantly improve the defense. Yeah, they drafted a couple guys in the third round. Sure, I'll give it to him at that point. But this team is going to need to pass. The Chargers are only going to get better. The Raiders are only going to get better. The Chiefs, I can't say they're only going to get better because they're already great. They are already phenomenal. Either way, you guys have to realize that Cortland Sutton is a value right now. People are so down on him. It was not a loss for him to get Jerry Judy necessarily. It's a loss when it comes to upside, but he still has that same exact floor we were already looking at. He's going to be a high-end wide receiver too. It's inevitable. It is inevitable. The offense made significant strides, significant strides with this draft. KJ Hamler is going to keep safeties from double teaming Cortland Sutton. His efficiency is still going to be there. Jerry Judy, yes, sure, he's going to take away some targets, but he's going to keep Keep that primary cornerback honest to the side that he's on. Who would you rather guard, Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy? Two years from now, three years from now, you're probably going to take Jerry Judy. That means that Cortland Sutton is going to see cornerback two coverage. God, I love Cortland Sutton even after all this. Sure, his target share is going to go down, but his efficiency should shoot through the roof. And honestly, I don't see the Denver Broncos defense being prolific, at least prolific as the offense and the other offenses in this division anytime soon. They've got a couple players, but they've got so many holes to fill. Teams are going to be able to take advantage of that. I love the Denver Broncos. Love it.
1: Absolutely love it. This is going to
0: be the AFC version of the NFC South. When you talk about the AFC West, I love this division. God, I love it. Another one of those guys that didn't lose value, but we were also disappointed just because another player got drafted to that point was Devin Singletary. We want upside. We want the upside of Devin Singletary. Unfortunately, you had to realize, you honestly had to realize, like there was probably going to be a guy drafted, and this was the best possible dude. It really was. Zach Moss is a grinder. He's a grinder. He's the same exact person as Frank Gore. Is he as talented as Frank Gore? I doubt it. He could reach that potential. But honestly, Devin Singletary is still in the clear. Devin Singletary is going to work inside the 20s, and he is eventually going to start breaking runs off. I know he doesn't have the fastest 40 time. I know he doesn't have the best hands. But either way, Devin Singletary is the better running back in this offense. I can guarantee it. Guarantee it. Plus, I can guarantee you as well that they feel more comfortable with Devin Singletary helping out Josh Allen. I know they're not going to pass it a bunch out of the backfield, but Singletary will get his work in. He will see an increase in work. He will see an increase in red zone carries, although he's not going to have the line share. A little bit disappointing. It is. But you cannot expect them to go into the, the year this past year with TJ Yeldon as his backup running back. You can't. It was the best case scenario with Zach Moss, Working his way in to Devin Singletary's backup role. I absolutely love it.
1: Speaking of running backs, we had Miles Sanders.
0: I'm stoked. Absolutely stoked being a Miles Sanders owner. That he did not, he did not end up going up to Philly. We all know Doug Peterson and his timeshare work. God. Makes me nauseous. Every time like, the, the Philadelphia Eagles went up on the clock, I got nauseous thinking that Zach Moss was going to go there. So being a Miles Sanders owner, I am stoked. Absolutely stoked. Woo! Yeah, baby. Miles Sanders. <laughs> he's hot right now. So hot. Woo. I'm just stoked he didn't go there. But Zach Moss was going to go to one of three places. The Bills, right? The Eagles. Or, of course, the Chargers. Sure, you could say the Chiefs but I'm not going to throw them in right now. He was going to be a burden on either Singletary, Miles Sanders, or Austin Eckler. And Eckler, hey, he didn't get away free with this. He did not get off scot-free. He got Joshua Kelly, who I actually like more than Zach Moss. A little bit more elusive, a little bit quicker on the outside. You know, he's not going to get those bigger, massive hits that, of course, Joshua, or I'm sorry, at least Zach Moss is going to take. Excuse me. He's not going to get the same hits that Zach Moss is
1: going to take. Right? I love Joshua Kelly. But Eckler got paired up with Kelly at the dance. Singletary
0: at the dance got paired up with Moss. And Miles Sanders is the only chick that made it out of prom without getting pregnant was some dude that was way below her fucking level. I love quirky, but let's face it, the guy's a five. Staying there, that's just a dirty pool. He's at least a six. six? All right, you go ahead and pump rainbows into his asshole, but I'm just being honest. Come on, cut him some slack. Look, half a point, because he's a nice guy, right? And he's funny, so that's half a point each. That brings him to six, that right. But he drives a shitbox, so you have to deduct a point, take a point off. Wait, what's wrong with my neon? Oh, I don't know, except the people that make that car don't even like it. So, we're back to a five. Five. <clears throat> <clears throat> Meanwhile, this molly is a hard 10 And that 5 point disparity, that is a chasm Chasm? Chasm And you can't jump more than 2 points Where do you get this shit? Trust me, Kirk, I can't even get a 10 <laughs> <laughs> Oh, not even you, huh? I'm a 6, okay? Bullshit, you're a 6, and what am I? You're an 8 Okay, fine, you're a But I get a one-point bump because I'm in a band. Tanner, you're in a Holland Oates cover band. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's a deduction. Adult education is a tribute band. So that puts me back at a seven. On a good day, the best I can bag is a nine. But what about your crappy car? Artist exemption. I'm expected to have a shitty car. Is there an artist exemption for talking out your ass? Yeah, it's called being a rock star, Jack. Look it up in the dictionary. It's there, next to fuck you. Guys, I think this system's ridiculous. Alright? If someone really loves you, then you are a 10. My God. What, I, are you Hannah Montana? Because nothing you're saying right now is of any help to Kurt. A fucking rock star, right? Dumpster babies everywhere. I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. Listen. Singletary got unfortunate with Perry of Moss, but he's the hot chick in this situation. Moss is that ugly dude that got lucky. It could end up ruining his life, but I think it's going to be a dumpster baby they're going to have. And I think that Singletary is still going to come out successful. Meanwhile, Austin Eckler got paired up with Kelly. Once again, just a chick that's way out of Kelly's league. Way out of his league. Just not even close. I think once again, they're going to have a dumpster baby. (laughs) No big deal, guys. Eckler's still safe. Meanwhile, Joshua Kelly still has a little bit of value. We talk about the hot chick that didn't get pregnant at prom. Miles Sanders, baby! Miles Sanders made it out. scot Free, no stretch marks, no nothing. Sexy as shit. God, don't even talk to me about Jalen Hurts. That's just her gay best friend. Right? Jalen Hurts is a gay best friend. It's cool. It's cool. It's not a big deal. You gotta love the gay best friend, right? Gonna get a little bit of work in here and there, but, you know, not gonna hurt you at all. You're, You're straight. You're fine.
1: Miles Sanders is gold this year. Gold.
0: Don't mistake that one. Todd Gurley's another one that is absolute gold. He made it out scot-free too, but he was a chaperone at the dance, obviously. He's a little bit older, so bad knees. He couldn't really dance, didn't really jig, so of course, yeah, he made it out scot-free. No big deal. Either way, it's still good news because he's not going to be used as a goal line back. It's the opposite end of the spectrum. It's the opposite end of the spectrum of Eckler, of Singletary, of Miles Sanders. Right, where you're just relying on, on touchdowns. He's going to be used all over the field. He's going to be used everywhere. they are replacing the following year in 2021 with this sick running back class coming out. Oh, it's going to be nasty. Meanwhile, Todd Gurley has a full year as a goal linebacker, and, and Listrom's coming back, and they're adding Hennessy in there, and Jared Goff is in the quarterback. <laughs> oh, my God. It's perfect. It's the perfect storm. All three things coming together at once. No Jared Goff. Listrum's coming back. And Hennessy is coming in there. Oh my God. And a high-powered offense and a bad division when it comes to defenses. Yes. Yes, baby. Todd Gurley's the one. And if you're drafting Todd Gurley any later than the fourth round, then you are getting lucky as shit. Completely lucky. I'm seeing him rise up to some third rounds, even some late second rounds right now. Get Todd Gurley on your roster if you're making a championship run. It is that time. The only thing is, is you're most likely going to end up getting stuck with him if you go and buy him now. But hey, go offer a second rounder. See what pops up. If you're ready to make that championship run, Todd Gurley is the now. The now, baby. But speaking of steals. You know, trying to sneak in there.
1: Unnoticed. While
0: well, people aren't paying attention. We got Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones, baby. He's not being mentioned in Dynasty Leagues at all, and I don't get it. It's a mistake. It is a complete mistake. Almost as much of a mistake it is to have dumpster babies on prom night. It's a mistake. The Giants, they added Pert, 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 Hart, Pert, however you say his name, Lemo. Thomas, oh yeah, in the draft. They added all three of those guys in the draft. They acquired Cameron Fleming from the free agency from the Cowboys. They traded for Zeitler last year. The starting offensive line is going to be Nate Shoulder, Will Hernandez, Spencer Pulley, Kevin Zeitler, and Andrew Thomas. That's worst case scenario. If one of these rookies steps up and dominates, dude, it's going to be better than that starting offensive line. We're looking at a very, very, Big game changer in New York. For the Jets as well, don't get me wrong, but the New York Giants, who we're talking about right now. It's a big payoff for Daniel Jones, the wide receivers, and Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley could absolutely have a monster season. They try and, you know, hold back a little bit on Daniel Jones rushing the ball, right? Have it more like a Dak Prescott-led offense. Don't forget. Don't forget they brought in Right, Jason Garrett, baby, the clapper, right? Who has utilized running backs in his offenses throughout his whole career? Hell, this past year was one of the worst times ever for a running back when it came to catching passes and utilization. He's always used running backs. I love Saquon Barkley, and honestly, if it wasn't for CMC, not seeing anybody drafted behind him and not getting that huge contract, I might leave lean Saquon Barkley over. CMC, but unfortunately for Saquon Barkley owners, CMC didn't get anybody drafted behind him and he got a huge contract. So you still got to go with CMC. You have to, but speaking of teams that improve their offensive line, we have the Browns, we have the Jets, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we got the Lions. They all made significant moves to upgrade their O line. They all did. God love all these moves. And it's not just there to open up running lanes. For guys like Nick Chubb and Le'Veon Bell and Rojo slash Vaughn, whichever one you prefer, and Swift or Carry on Johnson, right? I mean, Carry on Johnson doesn't really matter because he's gonna be hurt by week six, anyways. And this is primarily a dynasty show, so we're focused on Swift, right? Swift is the future. But each one of those values increased significantly. Significantly. On top of that, it also helped out the passing game. You know, sometimes teams will draft guards, right? like Yanda for the Ravens, for example, and it'll significantly help out the running game, but doesn't do anything for the passing game. But these four teams, they increased all across the board. All across the board. I want to highlight the Jets and the Browns. I think that Chubb is a massive dynasty chess piece right now. If you're not in the running, you need to dump him. But if you're in the running right now, if you're somewhere close to being able to win in dynasty, you got to hit that bitch and quit it. Just hit and quit it, like we used to say. God, I miss being 22 when I used to be able to hit and quit it, not have to worry about any kind of backlash or hate on social media. Just hit and quit it and run. But that's what you got to do. You got to get Nick Chubb now. You got to get Nick Chubb. You got to reel him in. You got to ride him. You got to ride him this year. You got to ride him. I'm going to tell you why. Because of the fact that the AFC North, AFC North, those offenses outside of the Ravens aren't dynamic yet. They still have time. So it's going to be a clock control for, I guess, four games out of the 16 minimum in the season. Plus their strength of schedule is not impressive by any stretch of the imagination. Nick Chubb is going to get utilized a ton. He's a free agent following the 2021 season going into 2022. So guess what? At the end of this year, everybody's going to be freaking out going into 2021 because there are going to be free agents galore at the running back position galore. Like there's gonna be free agents everywhere. There's over 20, over 20 starting caliber running back free agents that are going to hit the market potentially at the following year of 2020 going into 2021. Potentially 20. Plus it could be a phenomenal running back draft class just like the wide receiver was this past year to be extremely deep. But the best part is the best part about my whole entire master plan My master plan is that Kareem Hunt at this point should end up being a free agent as well. So Nick Chubb is in the backfield by himself. He's by himself. He's solo. Solo dolo. His value goes to the roof. It's like that hot chick, right? Who all of a sudden, she wasn't wasn't hot before. She just became hot. She just became hot. And listen, you're the college quarterback, right? You're that all-star quarterback. And all of a sudden, you're like, hey, bitch, come out with me. Right? And you blow her up. And she gets hot and everybody wants her. Everybody wants her. Right? You take her out. You flaunt her around. And all of a sudden, you bail. You sell her out. You sell on her. You go with some other girl from another school. Whatever the case is, you lose her. Meanwhile, her ego, her emotions get the best of her. She deflates. She goes into a drinking bender. Right? Loses all of her friends. Nobody likes her anymore. That's Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb will have one great year left in 2022, and then he's going to become a free agent. They're not going to re-sign Nick Chubb the way they're going to utilize him in 2021 and then throughout 2022. His value is going to be through the roof.
1: Through the roof. Through the roof. I love it. Use him in 2020. Sell him in 2021. God, I love it. Le'Veon Bell is really similar, right? I mean,
0: that one's, ugh. you know, that, that Le'Veon Bell's a little beat, you know? It's not like the young chick that she wasn't hot before, but she got hot. This is more like the old hooker girl that uh, got tossed around a few times and nobody really appreciates her. But man, can she suck a mean dick, right? So you're going to use Le'Veon Bell like that. Right? This year, you're going to trade for your Le'Veon Bell. You're going to make a playoff run. Because you know. You know with that offensive line what Le'Veon can do. Le'Veon, he's getting older, man. He was the old news. He was an old hot chick. But that hot chick, still, she looks good. She still looks good. And man, can she do work. Can she do work. Use it. Get it in while you can. Get Le'Veon Bell on the back end. You are going to get stuck with Le'Veon Bell for a little bit, but it's going to be worth it, especially if that player is willing to part with Le'Veon Bell for a second-round pick, a rebuilding team. Nick Chubb, Le'Veon Bell, opposite ends of the spectrum, same result for this year coming up, 2020. Got to love it. Upgraded offensive lines are so key. They're so key. And honestly, I could talk about offensive lines all day, but unfortunately, you guys would probably fall asleep on that. So... Switch from running backs over to the quarterback side of things on the offensive line. I want to focus on a little bit of wide receivers. I want to focus on a little bit of quarterbacks. Remember when Sam Darnold was poised to break out last year? Everybody's talking about him being the breakout quarterback of 2019. That was going to be the guy. That was the dude that was going to break out. Right? He's poised for it. But then he made out with his cousin and got mono, because that's obviously how you get mono is making out with your cousin, right? Isn't that how you get mono? You make out with your cousin, uh, whatever it is, I forget. But he made out with his cousin. I don't even know if that happened or not, but I mean, that's how you get mono. I'm all confused by this story, but either way, why can't it happen this year, right? After you make out with your cousin once and get mono, you can't get mono again. So even if he makes out with his cousin again, it's not a big deal. Why hasn't anybody brought that up? He can make out with his cousin all he wants and not get mono. Right? Isn't that how you get mono? I don't even know. But either way, he's not going to be seeing ghosts because that offensive line is improved. Sure, his wide receiver core is slightly depleted. Maybe. Sure. Yeah. But it's not like Robbie Anderson was that great of a player. It's not like Quincy Newton was a game changer. I hope he fixes his neck, but, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with that either way. They still got Denzel Mims as a rookie quarterback. I mean, not a rookie quarterback, a rookie wide receiver. And you could still see Sam Darnold breaking out with Jamison Crowder. So give me all the Jameson Crowder, right? Maybe. I mean, Sam Darnold was supposed to be the number one quarterback the year that he was drafted, right? Before the Browns decided to pull a David Blaine. know. Now you see me. Now you don't, right? Kansas City Shuffle. Everybody looks left at Sam Darnold and I'm going to pick Baker Mayfield up on the right. Damn. Either way, Crowder was impressive with Sam Darnold. He really was. And he's getting way underdrafted right now. Right alongside of Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. God, man, the tricky Kansas City shuffle. Two-time ambassador to the Cleveland Browns. Man, going with Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold. Either way, I do really like Jamison Crowder in this, and I think that Sam Darnold still has a chance to put up numbers, even with his number one alpha receiver being Denzel Mims. Right? But Sean Perryman can still stretch the field. Maybe Herning comes back. He still has potential. It's not as strong as he was last year, but either way. Don't forget, guys, there are going to be a lot of wide receivers that rookies are taking their position. Talk about guys like Dante Pettis potentially. They could end up on teams and become the alpha receiver just because a rookie needed to take the place of them at a young and upcoming team. It's very, very possible. Very possible. But Back over to the Cleveland Browns and them tricky bastards. Listen, we saw Odell Beckham go in the fifth round the other night. The fifth round. The fifth round of a draft. A startup draft. The fifth round. Odell Beckham is still decently young. He still has potential. He still has four to five years of positive development. Did he get worse as a player and I'm just not aware of it? I understand he was hurt last year. I understand that Baker Mayfield did not have an offensive line. But did he get worse as a player? No, he didn't get worse. He did not get worse. Listen, I typed up a paper right here. I typed this up. Actually, I literally, it's right in front of me right now. I typed up this paper, and it says, typed up this paper right here as to why Odell Beckham should be drafted earlier than the fifth round. You guys ready for it? Hold on, I'm going to take a sip of my Buffalo Trace. Yeah, I got some Buffalo Trace. What's up, guys? What's up for all you people that know bourbon? I got some Buffalo Trace in Virginia. It's crazy. Fuck yeah, I'm stoked. Let me take a sip of this, and I'm going to go into why Odell Beckham should be drafted earlier than the fifth round. Mm. It's so good when it hits the lips. So good. All right, also as well, right before I go into this, because this is going to be the tail end of our show, I want to let you guys know, go on Patreon, help support the show. It's patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. Once again, that's patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. Go support us. Go show some love. Just two bucks a month, 50 cents a week. You guys are golden. Once again, that's patreon.com slash fantasyintervention. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Intervention. Oh, yeah. It's that simple. We're available on SoundCloud, Google Play, Apple iTunes, Stitcher, and CastBox. Woo! Fire. Straight fire. And big shout out to Fantasy Football Discussion. Love you guys. So, here we are. The 13 reasons. The 13 reasons why Odell Beckham should be drafted earlier than the fifth round in Dynasty Startups. And obviously, standard leagues. Or season-long leagues. Reason number one. They traded away Zeitler last year. So they didn't have an offensive line, they didn't have time to throw. Reason number 2, their offensive line was brutal last year. Number 3, Freddie Kitchens sucks at coaching. Number 4, his teammate Miles Garrett is attacking racism right at the head. Right? Cutting off racism right at the head and I support that. I support that. Number 5, Baker Mayfield didn't have time to throw because his offensive line was non existent. Number six, Stefanski is a far better coach and play caller than Freddie Kitchens. Number seven, they drafted Wills and they signed Conklin. Number eight, they now have an offensive line. Number nine, Callahan is there to coach that offensive line. Number ten, Baker Mayfield isn't a racist. If he was, he would have gotten hit over the head with a helmet. And if he did, I would have supported that, but he didn't, so he's not racist. Number 11. Look at what Stefanski did with both Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, who are not naturally as gifted as Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. Yeah, that's right. Back end wide receiver ones or potentially high end wide receiver twos. And guess what? Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry are both better. Number 12. Their offensive line does not suck anymore, so Baker Mayfield should have plenty of time to throw. Number 13. Stefanski is a racist, because if he would have been racist, then we would have gotten a report that they found him at home, unconscious, from being hit over the head with what they believe to be a NFL football helmet. And if he did, I would have supported it. But he didn't, so he's not racist. Thank you, Miles Garrett, for attacking that on the head, the front line. What do you guys think, right? It's a great, great list of why Odell Beckham should be drafted higher than the fifth round, I'm telling you. It was not the Buffalo Trace talking, by the way. I typed that up while I was separate. Anyways, guys, thank you all for listening once again. Hope I could help you guys out as much as possible. Look forward to an episode coming out later this week. And thank you for letting me intervene with your fantasy football life. Mount. Hey, my mom. Niggas is dope to switch up a stove, pick up a stove, they feelin' away, they know I'm the go. Hey, hey, hey,
1: hey, I got it made, my niggas is made. I'm getting my money, my nigga, I'm paid. The pussy is good, my credit is great. All I want is a yacht.
0: That's how you bang a podcast.